Hey, Mama Chiropractors, this is Dr. Danielle here. Thank you so much for tuning into episode 31 of the Aligned Women podcast. Our guest today is Dr. Karen Gardner. Dr. Karen has 24 years of practice experience, and she's going to tell us today about home-based practice and how you can make it look good, yes, from your home, and on top of that, owning the niche of prenatal chiropractic care. So stick around through the episode. You're going to hear us in the beginning say that it's the week between Christmas and New Year's. So yeah, it was three months ago when we recorded this episode, but there's tons of information and tips for you in this episode today if you want to have a home-based practice or if you really want to own the niche of prenatal care in your community. All right, before we move forward with today's interview, I want to remind you that if you want to hear more from Aligned Women on our free trainings, our free challenges, our free masterclasses, the blog posts that I share once a week, and our weekly podcast episodes, plus insights that I only share with the Aligned Women insiders, our email subscribers, head over to alignedwomen.com, enter your name, email address, and subscribe today. All right, without further ado, here is Dr. Karen Gardner. You're listening to the Aligned Women Podcast, the show for moms who are chiropractors. This show will bring you guests to share their stories, their struggles, their experiences, and me, your host, Dr. Danielle Eaton, so that you can create a practice that's right for you and your family. Hey everyone, I'm here today with Dr. Karen Gardner. Dr. Karen, how are you? I'm very well. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day today. It's the week between Christmas and New Year as we record this, and everyone will be hearing it later. But right now, the world is kind of slowing down, and so I really appreciate you taking the time today to chat with me about all the awesome experience that you have to share with other chiropractors. So I'm excited. My (laughs) pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So tell us more about you and your family and your practice. Uh, Well, I graduated chiropractic school in 1993, so that makes me old. And um, I have two kids. One is 17, one is um, 19. Um, They were both born, you know, with midwives and, you know, all natural and and that kind of jazz that a lot of us weirdo chiropractors (laughs) do, right? Water births, that kind of stuff. Um, They've grown up with chiropractic care their whole life. In fact, when my daughter comes home from college, the first thing she asks for is an adjustment. So Mm -hmm. she's learned very well. Um, I have a home office, which is fantastic because when my kids were in high school, well, my one son is still in high school, but when they were younger, I could just be home with them all the time. And in between patients, help with homework and get dinner started and, and do the mom stuff as well as the doctor stuff, which was really cool. And uh, I have a cash practice that focuses mainly on pregnancy and pediatric care. That's, yeah. that's me in a nutshell. So there's so much there. First, a home-based practice. Second, a cash practice. And then third, a specific niche that a lot of listeners of this show really would love to focus on in their practice. So talk to me more about how you made the choice to have a home-based practice because it's a little outside of the box, right? But people like you make it work. So tell us more about how you decided to go down that route. Well, it was really necessity. Um, About six years ago, I got divorced and I made a deal with my ex-husband, who's also a chiropractor, that if he let me keep the house, I would let him keep the practice. So we built a practice together for 17 years that I walked away from so that I could keep my children in their home. 
And um, we have a finished basement that um, has an entry-level door, two giant double doors that walk out right to the outside world. So I thought, um, I don't have any money to start a practice. I'm, I'm you know, what can I do? So I, I started having uh, patient visits here in the home office, and eventually I made it look more like an office than a, than a finished basement. Um, but I also had a practice in a birthing center um, in, in a town about 25 minutes from where I live. I have a, a long-term relationship with a midwife that I just adore her, and she adores me, and we've had a really great 20-some-year relationship. So she also let me use space in her birthing center until I got on my feet and got too big to be in her birthing center and she kind of booted me out <laughs> because I, I just grew so quickly and then I just converted everybody to my home office and, and that's where it's been. I, I Honestly, I did not have rent money for overhead because I was every penny I made was going into the mortgage to keep my kids in my home. So it was it was the mother of mother of invention. Necessity is the mother of invention, right? That's yep. kind of how it happened. It was yep. It was uh, somebody else's plan, not mine, but I'm glad it worked out. So if there was something that you would look back on in that experience and uh, perhaps do differently, is there anything that comes to mind? No, I, I think I should have just had more faith in myself mm. that I could do it. But um, I, every step that I took led me to the right choice, and it just flowed so effortlessly but I always doubted the process and I, I wish that I had more confidence that, you know, just do it, just do it. Even if you're afraid, just do it. Yeah. I often think that the things that we're the most afraid of are the things that are the most in alignment with our purpose or the things that we really should be doing there that we're meant to be doing, you know? Yeah. We kind of, we kind of doubt ourselves and we fill our, our, our silence with our own, um, inhibitions and our own insecurities and that's just crazy I, I think through the process I learned to see myself as other people see me and that helped because what I felt on the inside was very different than what I portrayed on the outside so when people told me wow you're a real go-getter you have so much initiative you have so much confidence and I just I do you know I, I really didn't notice that because my inner voice was saying different things to me than my outward appearance so I started listening to what people were telling me and it built my confidence and you know here I am now yeah, yeah. so six years ago when you started your your second practice essentially and having it be a home-based practice was the choice to be a cash practice a conscious choice or did you feel like that was kind of what happened by default? It was a conscious choice because I'm a mom first and I did not have the time or the desire to deal with the insurance BS that is so common in practice now. Um, I, I realized that if I chose to accept insurance, my free time would be used to chase down payments and check up on claims and you know verify coverage and I, I didn't want to do that I wanted to be my my kid's mom so it was a very conscious choice and it was very frightening because you know well gee whiz if if I don't accept insurance how will people pay for me but guess what <laughs> they do if they value what you do and you and you have a fair fee for your service People will pay, and my my fee in Pennsylvania, where I am, um, most insurance companies will charge the copay for a specialist. So the copay for a specialist in many um, insurance plans is 
$50 or more. Wow. Well, my fee is not $50 because I have a home office and no overhead. I keep 93% of what I charge. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to charge 60, 100, not, you know, $90. I don't have to charge that. I get to keep a lot of what I charge. So, um, it makes it affordable when I point out to patients that, listen, if you use your insurance, you're going to pay more money out of pocket than if you don't use your insurance and see me. Yep. So that's very helpful for anybody considering a cash practice. Look at, you know, what, what would you charge? Is it close to a copay? Then it's a non-issue. Mm -hmm. So what do you think was key in you being able to develop a cash practice? Um, just just to stick to my guns. Like, you know, people would complain that, well, I have insurance, I want to use it. I understand that. <laughs> I, I get it. But I'm not willing to work within the confines of an insurance company to tell me how to take care of you. Mm -hmm. They don't know you. I do. And I'm going to recommend what I think is best for you. And your relationship with your insurance company is your business. It really doesn't involve me. And you know, I'll help you any way I can. If you want to find somebody within your insurance plan, I'll be happy to point you in that direction. But this is how I do it. And um, because of my niche, I think people are more willing to think outside the box. Well, she's a specialist in, in pregnancy and prenatal care. So I can't just go to anybody on my plan. I need to go to her. And then they're willing to make that exception and go outside of the insurance industry. And then also with the endorsement of the midwife that I work with, she's, she's actually said to her patients, listen, if you don't go see Dr. Karen, you're probably not going to deliver in the birth center. Mm. I mean, that's what she tells them. And that's yeah. so powerful. So she gets it. She gets it too, yeah. which is helpful. And, um, you know, and she tells them, I, I have long conversations with her. I educated her on how to refer patients to me so that she says things like, listen, you know, your, your copay is this, her fee is that. So it's a non-issue. And if you get your pelvis in alignment for childbirth, you increase your chances of a birth center birth and we don't have to transport you to the hospital. We don't have to induce you. I mean, I've seen it a million times. You got to go see Dr. Karen. So that all helps for sure. It, it definitely helps. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm thinking back to, you know, six years ago, okay, 2010, insurance was different than, than it is now. Yep. So it was an even braver step, I think, for someone to take at that time to build a cash practice. I'm wondering if you, if you because also you, you teach and coach other chiropractors, if you hear other chiropractors I don't want to say complain, but like kind of give you some rough, if you will, about yeah. your choice to have a cash practice and about, you know, not being included in, in medical insurance and things like that. What do you say to those kinds of comments? I tell them I go to bed every night with a full cash box, no accounts receivable, no claims to chase. Um, People come and they pay me cash, they pay me check, I accept credit cards. I mean, money is in my bank at the end of every day, mm -hmm. and there's nothing to chase. Once in a while, somebody will go, oh my God, I forgot my checkbook. Okay, I'll see you next time. Not a big deal, but you know, $40 accounts receivable is nothing, yeah. you know? Um, and, and I just, I also say to them, listen, I don't have to worry about coding ICD-10. Who cares? I don't mm -hmm. care. <laughs> um, it, it just, people, the nightmare that I hear, and, and I belong to a chiropractic group in my area that we, we collaborate and brainstorm and try and 
and help each other's practices grow and things like that and um, cross-refer. And the last few meetings were just so negative about insurance this and ICD-10. Well, this was last year. ICD-10 and, you know, Blue Cross and Blue Shield isn't paying for this code. Does anybody have any insight? And I'm just sitting there going, cash practice, cash mm -hmm. practice. Like everything that was a nuisance or um, a bothersome to them had to do within the insurance industry. And I had none of that. I just have to deal with people which is hard enough, <laughs> but um, they, they had to deal with, you know, patients and insurance and staff that have to chase down claims and, you know, uh, clearing houses and internet stuff that, you know, oh, my computer's down, I can't send my claims, blah, blah, blah. Cash practice, you know, you don't need yeah. a computer. I mean, it helps, but you don't need it. <laughs> yeah, and I think that this is important for any chiropractor to consider, right? How, like, how do they want to spend their time outside of treating patients? What do they want the rest of their life to look like? But I think it's ultimately important for us as moms, regardless of the age of our children, to consider what do we want to spend our time outside of treating patients doing? And in my first practice, my, my first child was um, already here <laughs> when I started that practice, but I was, I was pretty dependent on insurance in that practice. And in the geographical area that I was in, I thought that that was necessary. Now right. with a different perspective and I look back on it, I'm not so certain that it would, that it was really true mm -hmm. but more so about my mindset about it. Um, but when I stopped before starting my second practice and really thought about how can I know for sure, or with a reasonable amount of certainty that I will be protected and that my children will be protected and that we will not find ourselves in this stressful situation that I was in before running a big practice. Mm -hmm. It was very clear to me that a cash practice was in alignment with me being a chiropractor and a mom and being happy and healthy and keeping my family happy and healthy and being the best chiropractor that I could be as well. Yeah. It, it removes a lot of unnecessary stress that takes you away from providing care for your patients. I mean, I provide a service, they pay me, see you next week. I mean, it really is that simple and it's so lovely. And when I close the door to my office and I go upstairs into my home, I leave my office behind. I'm not thinking about anything regarding monetary reimbursement. Everything, it's, it's done. My day is over. When I, when I shut out the light, I'm done. And um, that's such a freedom because then I can be fully present for my family and they deserve that. You know, I'm fully present for my patients. My family deserves the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I think a cash practice is a very easy way to do that for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. I find already telling people, telling potential new patients or even existing patients that I, I choose not to participate in medical insurance because mm -hmm. I want to make sure that I'm the best mom that I can be. They get it. Yep. And they really, they like to hear that. And people are looking for leadership, right? Yeah. Role models. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so it's just, for me, it's a no brainer now, but there was a yeah. lot of work to do to arrive at this point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it takes a leap of faith. It really does. I was mm -hmm. terrified to, to take 
that leap because I thought, well, what if I don't get any patients? What if people don't come to me? Yep. And that has happened, honestly. People have said, no, I really want to use my insurance. But that is, you know, over the, the six years that I've been doing this, um, I, I don't think I can count them on one hand how many people have left because of insurance issues. And honestly, most of the people that have left were Medicaid patients, which I never would have accepted Medicaid anyway because I didn't even when I accepted insurance because it's such a hassle and the reimbursement was so horrible and it was very difficult to work with. So I, I didn't really lose anything. Um, and it's interesting because when patients come to me for the first time and they say, you know, I was told that you don't accept insurance, and I, I tell them that's right. You know, so many of my doctors are doing that now. My eye doctor doesn't accept insurance and neither does my dentist. And I'm so used to this. So it's no big deal. Mm -hmm. So in my area anyway, there are a lot of professionals who are opting out of the insurance game. And, you know, they may provide a super bill, which kind of keeps you in the insurance game a little bit but not, not to the extent of, you know, billing insurance and waiting for reimbursement. So patients are in, are starting to get in the know. And I don't provide super bills because, again, my fee is less than a copay in most cases. So it, they wouldn't even submit it anyway. So there's no insurance at all, which is lovely, <laughs> which also means no audits, by the way. People are panicking. They're getting audited. I'm not even in the system. Because yeah. my name doesn't come across any desks. There are no super bills. So yeah, kind of cool. So do you think that having a cash practice is geographically dependent? Like, will it work in some areas and not in other areas? I think that might be true. Um, my brother is a chiropractor, and he's in a, um, a more blue-collar area than I am. And a lot of the people um, with, within his demographic are very dependent on insurance. You know, they, many of them live paycheck to paycheck. They don't have the extra cash to put out. So they just go where their insurance covers them. And they have insurance through their employer, so they can't really change plans and things like that. So I think it could very well be demographic. Because um, where I live, it's, it's more white collar and people have extra money that they're willing to spend. So they do. Yeah. So what do you think the biggest challenge is about having a cash practice? We've shared a lot about how great it is in our experience, right? Mm -hmm. But surely there's yeah. some challenge. Um, gosh, I can't think of anything really. I, I, I really don't. Having a lot of cash, <laughs> 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 having to pay with cash when you go out instead of, you know, a debit card. Um, I, I really don't, I really don't have a downside other than having to explain always, you know, I don't work with insurance. This is why my fee is less than your copay. Other than that redundant speech, there, I don't really see a downside. I'm not on any insurance lists, but I don't really want to be on a list where people just pick me out of a book. I want patients to come to me because their neighbor told them to see me or their sister told them to come to me or, you know, they want their mom to come to me because they trust me. I want that relationship. I don't want to be, you know, a name in a book that somebody picks because I'm on their way home from work. So, right. you know, so yeah, so what? I'm not on an insurance list. I, I would rather have the close knit community that I have in my practice than, you know, and I don't want to see 500 people a day. I don't. <laughs> or a week. No, me either. That's a lot. Me no. either. No. I definitely have a physical limitation on how many patients feels good for my body 
Yes. And it's less than what I thought that it would be. And that's okay. That's really okay. Yep. So speaking of that, um, we talked before we were recording about diversifying our income streams and earning an income from things other than our direct patient care. Mm -hmm. You have a couple of ways that you've done that. So let's hear more about that. Yeah, well, I coach chiropractors. Um, I never really decided on a niche there either. Just mm-hmm. like my pregnancy and pediatric practice, I never consciously chose that niche. It kind of chose me. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of in, in the same boat with my coaching clients. They're all women, moms, um, some of them converting to cash practice. So I've actually coached one woman out of practice. She, she decided that you know it was too much to, to do both, and I helped her transition out of chiropractic into full-time mom, and now she's coming back into chiropractic now that her, her babies are grown up a little bit, and they don't have to be so dependent on mom, and that's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one way I coach other chiropractors. I also have webinars that I teach online to assist doctors in pregnancy care. And I've I've started writing some pediatric courses as well. And I also teach um, online continuing education through chirocredit.com where they, you know, you go online, you watch a webinar, you you can attend a live class or you can download a class and watch it on your own. And that's another way that um, I, I get extra income, another stream of income. This is important, by the way, for our listeners to hear because there's always a question of where can I go to get good online continuing education credits? Mm-hmm. What was the website again? Chirocredit.com. Okay. I love them. I, I've been on many different websites um, looking to see where I wanted to, to put my material. And I chose this one because they jump through all of the hoops. They have more classes than any other place I've ever seen. And they... They really um, cater to all of the states. Like, there's some that only will do California CE credits, and and their classes are interesting too. It's not like you know osteoporosis in the octogenarian. Like, who cares? I, I don't. I'm not going to see that really in my niche. What what can I what can I do tomorrow? What can I watch today that I can put to practice tomorrow? And a lot of their classes are like that. There's a lot of functional medicine classes which I find fascinating and. Um, just, I just really love it. And in addition to that, there's, I also have a website where I have, um, some of my, my own classes online and I, and the two books that you mentioned earlier are, they're actually out of print right now (laughs) because I'm, I'm working on, uh, improving them and adding more material to them. So, um, uh, don't look for those, but there's, (laughs) there's, there's things in the works and I'm actually looking to have them converted to Kindle. So um, you can download them to Kindle. I mean, the technology is changing, so you've got to keep up with it. Yes. And I'm curious to hear more from you. If these other avenues, other parts of your career, if they were conscious choices that you made, or did you just kind of happen to decide, I think I'll write a book? (laughs) Well, the book is the the most exciting thing I think that ever happened to me. Um, Probably... Eight to ten years ago, I got a letter from the State Board of Chiropractic that my license was being investigated for practicing obstetrics without a license. And it came from the Attorney General of the State of Pennsylvania, and I had diarrhea over this. I'm like, what is going on? And it turns out 
that the Quackbusters, um, some people listening might have heard of them. They're uh, Stephen Barrett and Terry Polvoy, these two guys that go around trying to debunk, debunk everything about chiropractic and other healthcare, um, like healthcare, not sick care, like, you know, acupuncture right. and, and things that actually work. Um, so they wrote a letter to the state board accusing me of practicing obstetrics without a license because I adjust pregnant women and they apparently were quite believable so for six months my license was under scrutiny and um, it was very nerve-wracking and I just thought I'm just gonna I'm not gonna be out there in the public eye anymore because I can't take the stress and then a good friend of mine said to me listen why don't you just move the target from your back and put it on your front and do something and I said huh Okay, so if I'm going to be attacked for practicing obstetrics without a license, let me teach other chiropractors how to be under the same scrutiny, and uh, let's get more doctors out there practicing, you know, chiropractic for pregnant women. Of course, there was no obstetrics involved at all, clearly. I mean, on my website, I, you know, I talk about the spine and the pelvis and the nervous system, and I mean, there's nothing about obstetrics at all, and I was cleared by the state board and I just kind of was like, you know what? Screw you guys. <laughs> I'm writing a book. And that's, that's what, that was my impetus to get out there and, okay, if you're going to attack me, I'm going to build an army and then you can attack all of us. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's how it happened. Yes. So, that was fun. <laughs> Not at first, but and, you know, once I got my, once I got my guts, you know, <laughs> I, I just said, okay, fine. I'll write a book. My son was two when I wrote that book. So imagine writing a book with a two-year-old on your lap the whole time. So that's kind of how that happened. I can't imagine. I have a two-year-old. So yeah. I can was, really relate. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. I'll never, I'll never regret doing that. So then the book transitioned to courses next? Yep. Yeah, I, I took some of the material and I started teaching courses. Um, at one point in time, I had a... a a year-long course to, to help people, you know, care for the pregnant woman, how to, how to do an exam and a consultation and how to adjust and if the baby's breached or if the mom has one of the five neurological conditions that show up during most pregnancies, how do you address that? What do you do? How do you adjust it? What, are there any um, palliative measures that mom can do outside of your office to feel okay until her next appointment and, you know, things like that? So that it just transpired into that. And then from there, those courses that I wrote ended up on chirocredit.com. So it kind of just fell into place. Yeah. Awesome. So as we talked about before, I feel like it's really important for us as chiropractors to have other streams of income outside of what we earn for direct patient care. Mm -hmm. How do you help other chiropractors figure that piece of their career out? Well, I, I don't know that it's for everyone um, to have multiple streams of income, first of all. Um, some people can't multitask. They just they don't know how to divide their time. Yeah. So my, my first goal is to teach time management, honestly. You know, when, when someone comes to me and says, I have this much debt and I see 300 patients a week, and I'm thinking, how can you be in so much debt with 300 patients a week? I don't see 300 patients a week. I don't have any debt. I, you know, how does that happen? So... I try to figure that out first, and then if they're open to multiple streams of income, I share with them, listen, 
you know, you don't have to be directly involved in that. You could rent out your office space for someone to teach a yoga class, and that's another stream of income. You know, you can have your lactation consultant that you're friends with come there and teach classes to, to you know, nursing mothers, and you charge a fee. You get a little bit of rent for that. That's a, that's a stream of income that doesn't involve your time. So it really depends on the person and what they're willing to do. I, I do have other chiropractors that I coach who teach at a local community college. They're, you know, they teach one night a week anatomy and physiology. So that's another stream of income, but that's yep. not for everybody either. So yep. it really is an individual thing, but you know, the multiple streams of income don't have to be thousands of dollars a month either. It could just be enough to pay your electric bill and it takes a little pressure off, you know? Mm, absolutely. And it depends on every, every individual. <clears throat> awesome okay so a couple of last questions i have for you before we wrap it up sure if, if there's a, a mom that's listening to the show today and trust me there's always at least one <laughs> yeah. um who's feeling really overwhelmed and stressed with balancing life and practice mm -hmm. what would you want to offer her today it's what I have to constantly do for myself, and that is take care of myself as well as I take care of other people. And when I don't do that, I start to get resentment. I start to be angry. I start to not love as I should. Um, and I expect people to take care of me like I take care of them. And I think that's not a realistic expectation. I think I am a caregiver, and I take care of everybody but myself sometimes. Yeah. And if I can just take care of myself and love myself as much as I take care of and love other people, then it, that eliminates so much stress. And I've, I've, I'm doing that again. Like I've caught myself again. Like I need Christmas is always the, you know, the time of year where I feel the most overwhelmed because I do everything like a lot of moms, the, the cooking, the baking, the shopping, the wrapping that, you know, all that stuff that goes with Christmas. And I just decided I'm, going to take care of myself and, and I had someone actually you know I thought I'm going to hire somebody to wrap my Christmas presents nice that's taking care of me you know yes. that's not being lazy that's taking care of me because I just can't add one more thing to my plate so take care of yourself like you take care of other people and that will eliminate a lot of stress it does in my life anyway it's been a hard lesson for me to learn that if I want to receive unconditional love, I have to give it. And that includes myself too. Yes. Giving it yes. To too. Yeah, that's hard. It's, and as a mom and as a doctor, you know, we're programmed to serve, 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 serve mm -hmm. everybody except ourselves. And we have to stop that. We have to, we have to serve ourselves just as much as we serve others, if not more. I agree. Yes. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Fuck with that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, if someone that's listening to the show today would like to learn more about you, what you do, mm -hmm. and your practice, where's the best place for her to find you at? Um, PregnancyChiropractic.com. It's my website. It's, it's a patient website as well as a doctor and student website. So if you're a doctor or a student and you want to learn about the stuff that I teach, just click the, you know, doctors and students tab and it will take you to those pages if you're a patient then you would click on the practice member information and, and go from there nice yep. well thank you so much for everything that you've shared today it's been really fun to connect with you and to learn from your experience well thank you i was i had a lot of fun it's always always fun to share stuff with other with other women who uh might 
might get some input. I know I, I learn a lot from, you know, being on the Facebook pages with you and the other women doctors. It's great to have that, that community. Yes. I love it. Hey mama, I want to thank you for listening to the show today and invite you to become an Aligned Women Insider. When you subscribe, you'll get access to our upcoming free Ideal Patient Challenge and bi-monthly masterclasses, plus insights from me on growing a practice that's right for you and your family that I only share with insiders. So head over to AlignedWomen.com and subscribe today.